Hello, good evening, good afternoon, good morning, whatever the time is, wherever you're listening to this, and welcome to another episode of Debates Never Die. Or perhaps we should rename the podcast for the next two weeks, It's Coming Home, because I think that's the biggest question on everyone's minds. But before we dive into that, uh, we do want to say welcome back, because it has been a bit of a, a layoff. We apologize for that. We've all been busy, you know, with our, our various uh, activities. But on this episode, uh, I'm your host, Malcolm Mashikwa, and I am joined by uh, Kanya Mosetli. Kanya, say what's up to the mandem. Hey guys, how are you? Um, I'm here to click my L. I believe Germany are going to make it through. I was wrong. Hansi Flick, you are a fraud. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. It's great to be back. I- I'm very, I'm very annoyed you got ahead of that because uh, you, you knew it was coming. You knew I was, no, I was ready for you. Listen, listen, listen. I got swept up in the hype and I realized, and I can say this to you openly now, Kai Herbert's caught me because of COVID hype. Hansi <laughs> Flick caught me because of, because of COVID hype. And there's some players that aren't the same. There's, 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 there's an 18-month period where Oaks are not the same footballers and I'm just here to own it. Hansi Flick is one of those coaches who emerged from that, by the way. I, I can honestly give you uh, uh, some benefit of the doubt because the COVID era did it did create a lot of frauds. It did a lot of a lot of mandem came from that era. On that note, it's perfect because we have our resident German, uh, Tabanim Lalazi, my brother. How are you doing? Look, we'll get to Germany. Um, I'm okay, mate. Look. I, on one hand, I, I, we're going to get into the, the World Cup group stage. I'm, I'm, I'm loving the World Cup so far. On the other hand, I have to sit and accept another group stage exit for my team. Um, I still haven't picked a winner. I don't know like what to do. But yeah, I'm caught in between a rock and a hard place. But loving it, man. Caught in between a rock and a hard place. The, the literature on this podcast. Listen, boys, this World Cup has been crazy. Uh, as we're recording this, we just saw... Uh, the U.S. get knocked out by Holland. And as the number one hater of the U.S. men's national team, I am stomping on that grave. But before we get into the knockout stages and our, our prospects, you know, where we, where we see this tournament going, let's, let's address the group stages. And I, I want to start off with just a question for both of you. Gents, is this the greatest World Cup group stage we've ever seen? 100%. Tabani? 100%, and I'm going to take this opportunity to say, I told y'all niggas. I told <laughs> y'all niggas. I said it months ago. I was so excited for this World Cup because I just feel like the, the gap <coughs> in quality at the top of international football is so small that there's actually not a lot between teams these days. Like, it's not just the name. It's not just the big names anymore. Like, the quality of football in the quote-unquote lesser nations is so good right now that if you go to a World Cup and you start putting these groups together, you're like, wait, that's a good game. And that team has good players. And we see by the results in some of the games we've seen, this was like high-octane, like tactical, fast-paced football. Like it, it's been so good. So yes, 100%, definitely the best group stage I've seen uh, with my own eyes. And if, it, if someone from the 1980s wants to come tell me about that, I don't, I'm not going to listen to them, man. This is one. <laughs> Look, I think it's fair to, to, to give uh, Qatar that crown because, you know, Titabani's point about the margins, and we'll get into that as that's one of our topics for the day. You know, for me, it's, it's more, it's less, it's less about the margins. It definitely is a, a point and a valid one, the differences between these teams. But it's also just about the tension. Like something that I genuinely forgot about during World Cup season is Oaks 
goals matter. Like, am, am I alone in this? Like, there's an there's an aura of just tension in the air, and I've completely forgotten that. And I feel like at this World Cup, because it's the end of an era, this 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 mark this World Cup, I I truly believe marks the passing of the baton from the Messi Ronaldo era and all the man that came, you know, the Cruises, the Modrics, onto the next generation. I just feel like there's that thing of this is my last opportunity. It's like it's like lose yourself is playing in every single game. We saw Suarez have a breakdown, and yeah, I don't know, just that it almost seems tangible. And Kanya, as someone who obviously has teams he's supporting, but doesn't have like a nation that that all of us, none of us have nations. Do you also agree that there's that level of tension? That's is it's it's different, man. It's it's no, mate. Goals are palpable. Like yeah, <laughs> it's 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 not. Like nothing feels insignificant. It doesn't matter what the scoreline is, because it, it, you have to kill games. You have it, to kill them in, in a competition like this. Um, I think I, the best example of what you're referring to is Brazil's goal in in their first group game. Oh yeah. Made, oh the, yeah. The, the way the tension lifted afterwards. Yeah. Like Richardson doesn't score that goal at nil nil. He doesn't. Like the game's not set up for it. It, yeah. It's like every single goal changes the way. Every like, mate, you are, you spot on. Richarlison doesn't good. score that goal uh, if Spurs are five 0 up, bro. He's yeah, he cup. doesn't. That's a mate, World got, Cup goal, mate. He was carried by the jersey. I promise you. Like, yeah, fact. Yeah. Him physically. And the haircut. Yeah, like like <laughs> the, the spirit of like real Oaks it took so, over him at that moment. <laughs> sorry, sorry, sorry. Does he have the? He has the R nine. I actually didn't even realize that. that yes. The... <laughs> <laughs> He's done. I actually didn't realize mate, that. He, mate, he, he's channeling. This is witchcraft that he's done. <laughs> yeah, no, that first goal, I won't lie. I was, I was, I was in the middle of speaking shit about Richards in it. I was the guy, dude. Yo, that was a banger. Yeah, no, definitely the, the weight of expectation in this World Cup. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe we were too young. I don't know what it is, but it just seems like the stakes are higher. With that being said, I'd like to kind of just look at the group stage holistically uh, and to kind of just get a few of your favorite moments um, from the group stage, the moments of the greatest significance or just the moments that vindicated you. Um, do you guys have, do you need a second to think about this? Can I get the ball rolling or do you have one ready to go to bunny? Let me jump in. Let me jump in here. Go ahead. Uh, go ahead. Top three. And we're looking at it from this. We're looking at it from a world cup perspective. Um, I'm going to say number one has to be uh, Ronaldo Hairgate. I think every World Cup needs, <laughs> needs a side story. It needs something that just has nothing to do with anything. No <laughs> we all just spend 24 hours like arguing and debating. Did he touch it? Like, I feel like that's when this World Cup like really just went to the moon. Absolutely love that. Uh, Argentina losing to Saudi Arabia. And then like, it's a bit like, okay, that was not the result anyone expected. And that like kind of threw a curveball like of gigantic proportion at everyone. I think that was a standout moment. Um, and then I will, I will <laughs> add, I'll add a, a one uh, with a slight caveat. I will say France and the way that they handled their group despite losing that last game. I think watching these two games, for me, France were a non-contender for so long given the amount of injuries, given the disdain that I have for Deschamps, given the, the style of football that they have, that they play, that isn't conducive to like scoring lots of goals and stuff. And yet they played those first two games and you're like, oh, wait, these guys are still really, really good. So seeing France as a contender, um, yeah, that, that's probably my top three. 
Okay, yeah, no, I, I completely agree with that. That Ronaldo Hairgate. First of all, you need to trademark that <laughs> because that is <laughs> that is gold. <laughs> and yeah, no, great justification for the other ones. Kanya, uh, take us away, man. Ah, oh, man, it's it's unbiased, unbiased, and I'm sorry to do this to you, because I know it, it's it's your team for this World Cup. Saudi Arabia's win over Argentina, Oaks, I. I stopped everything. I, I couldn't I couldn't believe I couldn't believe it when the second goal went in. You know when Infantino said I, I feel I feel like a magic He said I feel I feel I feel Muslim. I said I feel Saudi Arabia. I felt Saudi Arabia for a moment. I said, Yes, I'm, I'm with you. I'm with you. Shit, man. I, like, I can't I can't remember where last the game. I did not care about switched in, in a moment like that. Like I watched the first half of Argentina versus Saudi Arabia. I couldn't I couldn't get myself invested. I couldn't. Because it's like Argentina obviously gonna win here. You have sorry. the two goals ruled out. Sorry, can you wait? <laughs> I'm sorry, I just don't want them to hear my laughing monsters. <laughs> Infantino was done for that. That's one of the greatest things I've heard in my life, bro. Fuck. Okay, okay, please. Yeah. Carry on, carry on. <laughs> so, the, the moment I, I, I saw, like, Argentina equalized, even though I was just like, surely not, man. Like, there's no, there's no way. There's no way. And, like, I even though they scored too early, Argentina going to have too much time to come back. By the time they scored the second, mate, I, I could have, I could have come to the pool. I, I was close. Like, this is, I, I, I was ecstatic. <laughs> I, I wish I had a Saudi Arabian homie to say, "My boy, we up." <laughs> as, as, aside from that, aside from that, like I said, Richardson's second goal, Brazil's second goal, in the in their first group game, that that really, really did move me. And I'd say this one's a bit more niche. Spain, Spain's win against Costa Rica, I think, doesn't paint Costa Rica in like the fairest light. That seems not shit. And what what Spain did, they really, really moved me. So that's that's, that's my third favorite favorite moment of the tournament so far. Fuck <laughs> man, nah, that is, I'm still dying. Okay, that, <laughs> you guys are on fire today. Um, and, and I actually, so funnily enough, actually, um. Not funnily enough, but unfortunately enough, I missed that Saudi Arabia game. So you guys could imagine, because you know I'm I'm in the states, so that game mm. was it was early for you. 4:30 a.m., bro. It was hell. Yeah. So I I went out the night before. I wake up, and then I just see the group, 50, 50, 75 messages. I go and put up <laughs> Toby. Toby's getting the the messy bookmark tweets out. Yo, Toby has those locked, bro. But I can imagine, I feel like that would be in my top three had I witnessed it. Um, but it actually, that's a great segue because that, that moment is why my favorite moment of the tournament is my favorite moment of the tournament. Messi's goal against Mexico. Guys, that, like, I, I put this on the group. I sent a voice note. I'm like, there are goals in football where it feels like, and I guess it plays into the whole point of the weight of expectation, the palpable pressure, goals being tangible. There are moments in football where goals like happen and the world stops. It, it, when Ronaldo scored that free kick against Spain in 2018, the world stopped. When Ronaldo scored that bike, the, it's like the world stopped. When Messi yeah. scored that goal um, against Mexico, I don't know if you guys saw the videos of um, Buenos Aires 
when that happened and how this the city went crazy. Someone was recording and the city went insane. Even here in even here in Florida, because there's a, a large Mexican uh, community in my like complex. Like I just heard doors slamming, people swearing. That moment for me, like I'm so happy that we got to see another moment from one of the greats, you know, at this stage, because they're, they're a rarity. They truly, truly are. It seems like Messi, the past three World Cups, has given us those, you know, 2014, that goal against Iran um, or Iraq. I, I apologize uh, for mixing those two up. 20, 2018, that mo- moment of brilliance against Nigeria with the, the way he took it down and with these right foots and now, and now this. So that is definitely... Uh, for me, uh, moments of, of of the the group stages. The next one, and I'll need your guys' help. Uh, it was Korea, correct? Where the ball went out, where people thought the ball went out, and then they squared it. And Japan, Japan. Yeah. Here we go. Um, again, I put. Yo, I seem racist as hell. I apologize. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, they're, they're not saving you, man. Not saving you. <laughs> I'm mixing them up. I don't have my in front of me uh that moment with japan oh that was fucking so bunny to your point about like things this was relevant but things just being discussed for hours and hours that was incredible people were Nate, waiting Nate, fifa had to drop a video to say guys the ball like can you, can you put that into context imagine the nba 24 hours after a game dropping mm-hmm. a video or, or the NFL, like this is the governing body being like, oh no, 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 no. That's Drop the fun. That's the fun. Going, bro. Now nah, facts. It, no, it 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 was honestly a, a spectacle of a moment. I really loved it. Uh, Toby was busy sending photos of, from his TV saying the ball's out. It was it was impeccable. Great, great stuff. And my third moment isn't a specific moment it's more collective man african teams have really made me proud bro like despite Ghana's slip up at the end um just with a bit of what i i categorize as a poor performance are you doing the stanky leg i don't know what was going on with that penalty but holistically the continent i feel was well represented at this tournament and it's 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 beautiful uh, i can even add you know our asian teams and our middle eastern teams in this our East Asian and our Middle Eastern teams in this. It's beautiful that these lesser teams, quote-unquote, are performing like this on the back end of a lot of Europeans saying, oh, Europe needs more spots at the World Cup. How can Italy not be there? Wah, wah, wah. It's just poetic justice. Um, mm. on, that, on that point, just quick side notes. Uh, Tabani, your thoughts on Belgium and just the capitulation that, <laughs> that was a world, this World Cup for them. Kanya, I owe you an apology. I was not familiar with your game. Hey, Those thank guys you, thank you, sir. Ass. <laughs> thank like, you, thank you. What was that about? Like, <laughs> like, look, look, they didn't play well against Canada and they won. I was like, okay. I mean, that's what good teams do. They, they win when they don't play well. Then, like, you got the Bruyne winning the man of the match saying, hey, man, I don't know why I won this man of the match. And it's like, okay, you get away with that because you're the Bruyne. And he's a bit weird. Like, we know KDB is a phenomenal footballer, but a bit of a weirdo. It doesn't surprise us. Then Hazard's like, nah. We, we, we can't win this thing. Then the Bruin is like, nah, we can't win this thing. Then <laughs> their next result, then the Tongan, then the, then the story about the, 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 the fight in the change room. Then you're like, wait, is this France 2010? I thought this was like supposed to be a, a Belgium side showing like continuity from World Cups and Euros, like at least get to the... I said on match day one, I was like, I expect them, they're not going to be an easy round of 16 teams to face and they can easily make the quarters. 
And then Nakaga, like that last game, bro. That was vintage, like Lukaku out of form last days at Man United, like like hell of just the ball. Bro, that that was a compilation on its own. <laughs> like just just that game, like there's like a forty second compilation of just Lukaku loses. I felt trauma-watching that because it brought back that those dark, dark days where you just watch a guy who's just not in sync with the football. Like, it doesn't matter what he's doing. The football and him are doing two different things. That's how I felt. But nah, yeah. and like, I think, I think Belgium, before I go to Kanye, I think, I think Belgium, uh, it, t- it touches on um, why Martinez is a coach is where he is and is kind of slandered and viewed the way he is. Lack of adaptability. As shit as Lukaku is, right? No, there's a, uh, there's a column shit. There's a column shit. Hold as, on. Shit as, as shit as he performed, right? There we go. He is integral to that Belgium setup. Like, in terms of just the space he occupies, the runs he makes, even if he's having an off day, Lukaku is such a key piece in that puzzle because it enables the other guys to perform. De Bruyne looked like a, a shell of his former self because he didn't have a focal point or anyone to play off of. I mean, we've all known when it comes to like the art of playing football, like I, I don't know if the listeners will understand the nuance I'm trying to express because I don't have the words to properly articulate myself. But when it comes to the art of playing football, keeping possession, occupying pockets, you know, like orchestrating a game, we all know that for as incredible as De Bruyne is, it's the one area of his game where, you know, there's a bit of a, a question mark surrounding, you know, that, that component when you compare him to Xavi, you know, Iniesta, Zidane, Fabregas, whoever you want to bring in. So without Lukaku, De Bruyne was kind of wandering a bit and the games were torture. Honestly speaking, I, I kind of wish Belgium won that opener against them. Uh, I'm, I know, I mean, Canada won that opener against Belgium, my apologies, because I feel, you know, it would have been time uh, better utilized in the uh, for, 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 for Canada moving forward. I feel like they would have had a bit more of a, a tangible base from which to, to believe from. But Kanya, mm. your, your thoughts on Belgium before I, uh, I take it to, we take it to honorable mentions from this group stage. I think I'm just really, really content that they went out the way they did. Um, like, and I agree with you. I definitely wanted Canada to win, like, to win, because Canada deserved to win. I know football is about ultimately just scoring the goals, but when you watch, when you watch that ninety minutes, you watch, like, you watch the first forty-five, you, 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 you're willing for them. The fact, the mm-hmm. fact, the way that, the fact that they lost, and and the only goal that Belgium scored in the tournament was was against them. It's just like, dude, you got, you guys weren't, you guys didn't show up. Like, like, truly, they deserve nothing. I'm glad they went out like this. End of an era, man. It's pretty, it's pretty, it's pretty, I don't want to say sad because, you know, there's going to be a new era undeniably, but it's like, you just have to ask what if, you know, with that, with that Belgium team. But uh, Tabani, uh, do you have any honorable mentions before we, we kind of look at the knockout stages and give our, our takes and our views? Yeah, I'll keep it brief. I think honorable mention, like you mentioned about the African teams, Morocco topping a group with Croatia and Belgium is phenomenal. What an achievement. Incredible. Yeah. Um, like, and if you're talking about African teams, like I expected them to do the least out of all the African teams. But from a personal point of view, I know they're a, a decent side, um, but just I, I even expected a bit more from Tunisia, if I'm honest. But for Morocco to top that group is super impressive. And yeah, let's, let's talk about the elephant in the room, which is Group E. Uh, shout out Japan. To top a group with Spain and Germany, 
I know that there was a period where both Spain and Germany were tentatively out, which is just ridiculous. But at no point have Japan looked like a team that aren't serious at this World Cup, despite losing to Costa Rica, which, which again speaks to how good the group stages have been. Japan beat Spain and Germany and then lost. But they Costa lost Rica. to Costa Rica and they like, needed to win then. Or you would have thought like, they would have. Yeah, but shout out, shout out Japan for topping that group. Um, that is a collective unit. Watching them play, they play the same way. They know how they play. Um, and they will be a problem in the round of 16. So yeah, those are my honorable mentions. Nah, dude, like yeah, Japan, honestly, they embodied what East Asian football really is. It's 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 like it's derived from German football, in my opinion. It's intentional, it's you have a role, execute in this role, and it's efficient. Like the, the tech comes first. About my, the, collective. the collective man the, the collective like performance of the team supersedes any individual and just man I, I was just appreciating i just thought of that Henri clip where they were like people don't understand i hate when people disrespect footballers because they don't understand the value of like a simple 80 yard ping i think it was nagamoto if i'm not mistaken who was whipping the, bo- the bro the crosses from that left hand side were in- insane um, so, yeah, no, that's a great shout. Kanya, do you have uh, any honorable mentions? Uh, big shout out to Vincent Abubakar. My, yep. my, my brother, my brother, what you have done in this, in this World Cup can never be undone. If you, if you guys did not, did not watch the game, I, I need you. Because in 10 years' time, I will still be posting the two-minute period when Cameroon came back from 2-1 down. Abubakar said, no, actually, this, this is my equalizer. Yo, honestly, I'm... He captured me. He, 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 I watched him without commentary, by the way. I was, I was watching like that man. I said, I, I froze. I said, how? <laughs> Incredible. So, yeah, I, I think that's, that's, that's definitely my honorable mentions. Uh, my, my two honorable mentions um, is just, again, I love Poetic Justice. I'm not sure who it was from Uruguay that did that ridiculously racist shit. Um, uh, Uruguay, I think he's he's number sixteen when they beat uh, South Korea. Uh, he did the the the, the Asian eyes, quote unquote. Um, and for them to go out the way they did, let me actually get it was Valverde. Oh my days! It was actually Valverde. <laughs> I, that I is hilarious. Did, I thought you did it on purpose. <laughs> no, dude, yeah, I actually. I, 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 yeah. No, because oh, because I I, I, I I didn't know I didn't know Valverde dyed his hair. I thought it was blonde. I'm just clocking now. Like, that's actually Belvede. Oh, my. Yo, so this is the final ring in Rindai's Toxic Infinity Gauntlet. He's done. Oh, yeah. my goodness. Well, I, need to add, <laughs> I need to add Belvede to the meme. But, uh, yeah, that just then to get knocked out to South Korea, beautiful. I love it when football is poetic like that. It just reminds me of my, my FIFA Ultimate Team days when niggas would be hitting the dab on you and making you watch replays and you come back and win. Incredible. And finally... Not to beat a dead horse, but uh, Ronaldo making the, the worst XI of the World Cup group phase is it's, it's very funny. And I'm waiting for Toby right. Animash. Point of, order, point of order. Can we just refer to him as free agent Ronaldo, just so that everyone knows he's affiliated to. I'd be, I'd be more comfortable if we just reminded that he's not affiliated to Manchester United. Thank you. Free agent Ron making that group stage. And also shout out to the... Um, the the football Patrick Beverly Tyler Adams, I, I can respect that man's aura on a football pitch. His work ethic, the way like what did Russ say? Uh, 
He'd be fooling you with his defense. He just runs around. <laughs> I, 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 I think it applies to Tyler Adams, although there is a greater willingness to defend. So shout out to him. Now let's let's go to um our picks who we have winning this tournament. Um Kanya, you had the bold prediction of Spain and Brazil in the final. Are you still holding there? And between those two, still holding that? And between those two, who do you have winning? So the issue with that at this point is I really don't know if I think Spain can beat France. Mm. I really don't know. If, if, if Spain don't start the game and dominate, I, I think they get overrun by France. So can, can, I, can I chime in there quickly, bro? I don't think Spain has I mean, to beat France. I don't think Spain has to beat France. I think France will beat France. <laughs> I mean, that's what they always do. So yeah. I, 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 I hear that. I just, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm nervous about Spain. There's, there's cracks in them. Pau yeah. and the like as potential options. Like I, I, like, I feel like they're one injury away from just complete capitulation. And I think if that happens by the time they play France. So if, I'm making, yeah. if I make an adjustment to my prediction, then I'd just be saying that it'd be Spain versus, not, not Spain, Brazil versus, versus Spain. No, versus France. France. And who do you have yeah. taking it? If they get to that final, France are winning it. Okay, okay. Uh, Heritage, unfortunately. Anyone, anyone else, Brazil win. Okay, I see the psychological edge. Tabani, yeah. your 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 se- your second home is out. Your second nation is out in Germany. So, who are you? Who are you predicting to take this World Cup? So, like like I alluded to in the beginning of the episode, this is the first time not just in a World Cup, but like any sort of tournament league. I do not have a World Cup winner, even now on the 3rd of December. I do not know who's going to win this thing. What I do know is of the top teams, who's not going to win it. And I will say that Argentina, who were a favorite, are not going to win it. Uh, England, okay, I, that's, I don't need to say that. And Portugal, I know they won't win it. Mm. I also know that Spain won't win it. So if I'm looking at how the, the round of 16 is set up and the different branches of the tree, I do see the, 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 the I do see Brazil going the furthest. I think just because of that collective, um, again, they look like a team, you know, one, one team, one dream. Um, on a bit of a sad note, we might actually lose Pele during the World Cup, which will do all sorts of things um, to Brazil as a nation, to football as a, to football as a sport. So yeah, Brazil definitely, I have them on that side. On the other side, like you guys say, France will beat France. Um, they're, they're the type to trip themselves up. But at the same time, there's just a steeliness about them. I don't know. I don't know if you yeah, guys watch like, I agree. Like Dembele, like in the group stages, like that guy is playing football. Like that guy is balling. Mbappe looks like he's being used correctly on the left wing. Giroud is back doing his best for France. Griezmann is playing like 2016 uh, UCL final run Griezmann. Like, yeah. France are serious. Um, and I know France and England win their ties. I believe they meet each other. <sighs> I don't, yeah, England aren't beating France. Um, and I know that we've got a Spain, if, if Spain and Portugal win their ties, Spain and Portugal play each other. And you, as much as you guys were talking about Spain not being able to beat France, Portugal could upset Spain. I don't know what it is about Ronaldo against Spain. I don't know if you guys feel the same way I do. But for as long as I can remember, Spain He's- seems like... His game. He shits on them. Yeah, he shits on them. Like the one where he's like, 
it seems like you know it's it's, it's LeBron in Toronto. Like it's my time to ball now. Yeah. So if you're forcing me to pick a winner, I'm gonna have to pick the same final that you guys did. Um, I'll go sit France Brazil, and I think in a France Brazil final, Mbappe is the star of the show. Today. I think he he dusts anyone. In a final, I mean, he, he's built for that game. I think he's he built is. everything that we've seen about Mbappe from the minute we first, it's, he's built to win a second World Cup final against Brazil. That would be his perfect arc. Mm. No, that's fair. That's fair. To kind of stay in my tune of being mildly racist, I must... ...deterrent for France in this World Cup must be pointed out. And that is potentially having two black centre-backs in a World Cup final. You guys know I am pro-Africa, pro-our people, but that is a recipe for disaster. And it is, it is for that reason that I'm making... I'm going to make three predictions, right? Uh, my first, the first is my belief that Argentina is going all the way. Um, and that is solely on... Because everything Tabani said is true about the liabilities and it not making sense. But that's solely on my faith in the the messy and just the the mental toughness they showed because the Argentina of old would not have gone gotten out of that group in my opinion they would have fumbled in one of those last two games but to perform their best that have their best performance specifically Messi in a go home game against Poland um I must tip my hat so that's my first statement that I want to make and that's something that I want to 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 you guys to hold me to uh the two other things I'm going to make are if Argentina is to get eliminated. Argentina and Portugal are getting eliminated in the same round. That is just something I want to point out. So whether it's in the round of 16 quarters or semis, if one goes, if Argentina goes, the, the Portugal is going. I don't know why I feel that way, but it's just a feeling I have. Um, and third of all, it's that one about France. And I just, I just don't think that um, they have... the. the, the it's it's very steely, Tabani. I, I hear what you're saying, but I I think France go out to Senegal, and that's another bold statement I'm gonna make. I think Senegal beat England, and Senegal beat France, thus completing our arc of post-colonial Africa to actually dust the two main colonizers. It would be fucking beautiful. But yeah, my main my main thing that I want to say is I believe Argentina is taking this all the way, provided. They bench Latara Martinez and start. Let's go, Alvarez. Yeah, they, yes. Latara La party is over. I'm yeah, so happy when I hear. I'm so happy when I hear. No, yeah. All the way back around. I told you a year no, ago. No, 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 no. Listen, 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 listen. <laughs> let me, let me, let me, let me defend Martinez here, because this is the same guy. This is the same guy that 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 got Messi through two two copas. I just think on this particular moment, for whatever reason, he, he's winded. He, he just seems to really be struggling with, I don't know. I, I, you know what it is? Actually, I know what it is. La Salsa not being there. Because now what you need from your, your strikers is an additional runner, an additional person mm. to cover ground. Yeah. So La Salsa being gone has completely changed the dynamic of this team where uh, Di Maria has always been important, but I feel like his importance is that much more now. And your second striker 
whoever that is. So it's Messi, Di Maria, and that last person has to have legs. And Alvarez is youthful. He's Aguero's uh, modern game regen, not as good technically, but compensates that lack of technical ability with just complete energy. But nah, I must, I must be honest. You have been Lataro. You've been speaking about Lataro for for years, bro. I, I, I can't even lie. Listen, I'm, I'm just happy that in the end, Arsenal got Jesus instead. I'm happy for the, him as a player. I want him to do like his level best, but I've seen him. Julian Alvarez is the one, and you, they crowned Lataro quickly. I think that was my real beef with him. Mm, he had not had, had to prove himself and then you have someone who comes first season in Europe and Alvarez genuinely looks much better much more refined that's a that's a great point so I, I wanted to take this to Tabani's earlier point about uh, margins in, in international football and how they're closing and to kind of round it off with you know African players and them not representing African nations but do you guys want to have a discussion about Pre- preemptive crowning of players because I think that's something that Tabani also brought up a while back. How are we feeling? No, I'm let's ready. I'm ready. Okay, cool. So let's use that as a segue. So now when it comes to preemptive crowning and just dapping people too soon, who is the first name that the first name that comes to mind when I say that when, when we use that that phrasing or the, that that continuation of words to Bunny? Who is the first player that you think of when you think of just dapping people too soon? Are we talking in a World Cup context? I think just like period, just overall club, country. Just which players do you feel uh, have really, really been dapped too soon in the past four, five, six years? Sigh. Pains me to say this, man. It's Jaden. You're gonna say Jaden. Let's go. Um, order, order, order. Let, let, blessings, no. blessings come in. Blessings no. come in. No. Order, 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 order. No. Please, Tavani, the floor is yours. Because, right? <coughs> I've, I've just. It's 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 so clear now why he excelled in Germany and I think I've given Kanye a lot of grief on this and I still fundamentally disagree with the whole like uh, Bundesliga players like he was overdapped or whatever but I think he's actually more unique of a player than the other way around right and when a player is more unique you do not go to a team like Manchester United and excel Mm -hmm. in any way shape or form I agree you look at Kai Havertz at Chelsea he's also a an exceptionally unique talent. You do not go to a team, Chelsea, the way they were set up with that manager and that style of play and succeed. And it, like to his credit, I think he's got fighting spirit. And I think that is what will get him through the next three, four years of his career. But Passion. if we're talking about daps too soon, he has to be up there. Um, yeah, that, yeah whew, that was painful. I'm just trying to think. I'm trying to think of... Uh, let me stir the pot a bit uh, with, my, with an honest feeling. I'm not saying this to talk shit or anything. I do think as talented and as, as, as he's got that dog in him, I do think there's excessive Martinelli hype at the moment. Okay. And it will take a lot for him to push through that and turn into that like elite footballer, that week in, week out, that like money at Liverpool type of like this team relies on this guy. I think, I think that's what, what his trajectory looks like. I don't see it yet, 
Um, I hope it doesn't happen because I like the guy. I do like the guy. But if I'm looking from a current perspective, I do want to just say that Martinelli needs to give me a little bit more to believe in. Okay. Okay. That's a, that's a, I mean, I disagree, but I can respect the, the, the line of thought there. Uh, Kanya, do you have uh, anyone to add to that list? I mean, thankfully, Tavani, you know, rushed ahead of me and said Sancho. Like, I just want to say, guys, that has brought a smile to my face. I'm a Jaden <laughs> Sancho fan as of today. <laughs> because now we, now we are talking about the same person. And I'm glad when, you, when we see things the same way, then we can all pull together. We can be supporting the same thing. Um, but I would use someone else who was, I think, un, unfairly so, but like Mason Mount. Mount's really, yeah. really good. He's really, that was going to be my shout. But, but we, we ran with it. We ran with it. And now it looks weird. But it's just like, it's not that he's like regressed or anything. It's just, you know, players develop at different rates. You don't need to be at a certain point that quickly. Like, that's a perfectly fine footballer, but like he definitely was crowned a bit too early. Nah, that's that, like that, that guy. That's a very fair shout. Yeah. Uh, so those are my two. My, my, mine isn't a player. It's a, it's a, it's a rivalry. And it is Haaland versus Mbappe. I cannot tell you guys how much it pains my soul when I see people giving think pieces about how Haaland versus Mbappe is a new Ronaldo versus Messi because mm. you have it's... one player that's a complete player and the other player that is a goal scorer. It's like, no, no, no. Mbappe is a goal scorer with more, more variety in his skill set in the final third. But every limitation... You can pretty much place on on Mbappe in the first two thirds of the pitch. You can kind of place on Haaland. So I just kind of think it's really annoying how we're trying to like move it on to the new. Like, no, it, this is a very like, unique area. Do- yeah, it doesn't exist the same. No, you're, right. Do- you're right. Sorry. It doesn't exist. It doesn't exist the same. It doesn't exist the same. I saw. I was watching a a, a, a documentary on Mike Tyson. Um, just on his career, his trajectory. And there was an interview of his from the beginning of his career where he was talking about the the boxer that he was asked by the interviewer, which boxer did you idolize? And the interviewer kind of cut him off and said, Muhammad Ali. And he, he was like, no, it's not Muhammad Ali because Muhammad Ali is something I'm not. He's tall, he's handsome, he's eloquent, he speaks well. I'm short, I'm not the best looking, I'm gritty, I'm rough. And he went on to name an, East, an Eastern European boxer and he was like i never wanted to be ali because i'm not ali i'm not ali to all of our listeners can you please apply this to the highland and mbappe debate it's not the same it's we're coming off of a very unique and very unique era where these two guys were competing like for like bar for bar for 15 years in the eras before it's we had a bunch of different players right so it was like Henri versus ronaldo Henri, Ronaldinho, Ronaldinho, this, that, and the third. So, like, guys, just let let it evolve. That's the one that bugs me. And I was going to say Mason Mount Kanya, but you you got ahead of that. Um, because, again, I think, you know, he's a competent footballer by, by all means. It's just when you compare him to his, his supposed predecessor in Frank Lampard, you know, you kind of look at him a bit weird. No, you're testing him. It doesn't need to be that yet. Honestly, yeah, it's it's a real problem that like the footballing media generally does like looking to create these narratives of players. Like a lot of the time, you just harm the Oaks. Don't need that kind of attention a lot of the time. 
I completely agree. Tabani, I have a question for you because apparently he's he's coming to to Stratford End. Um Stratford End. Uh Declan Rice, do you feel like he is categorized in this this type of player? Oh. Niggas are still talking about Declan Rice. <laughs> I thought that ship sailed like when Casemiro rolled into town. We look into the future, baby, and Declan Rice is not part of that. I'll tell you that for free. Um, to his credit, he didn't do much to he didn't like reject the move. I think he, he priced himself out of a move by playing so well. But the profile, I think I think when you and well, Wu would be clapping in the background when he hears me say this, but like you just need to look outside of England sometimes. Um, I think, mm. yes, we overpaid and are paying stupid wages for Casemiro, but like watching a player of that profile, like there's other ways to achieve what you're trying to achieve than to spend bags on bags on like, uh, like on a Declan Rice, you know? And mm-hmm. I don't want to say he's, he, actually, no, let's be honest, he is overdapped, right? Because as good as he is, he's good at West Ham. And yeah. he could also just stay there for the next 10 years and be super good at West Ham. There is no need for us to believe that he goes to a top six side and makes them that much better. We want he's Zaha. Be- he's like Zaha. And, and I'm, the, I'm the one. I'm on the record. Oaks don't have to move. I've been mm. saying it. I said it about Zaha. I said it about Madison. I'll say it about Rice. Sometimes be the guy there. The guy who's there for 10, 12 years, they'll sing your name, you'll get every contract you want, you'll play Champions League sometime. Okay, not Champions League, but you'll play. Yeah, you won't touch Champions League. League. <laughs> yeah, no, you won't smell it. Um, <laughs> but like, uh, be, be the guy there. Like, sh- like, okay, Declan Rice probably will get a move. But like, when his contract ends, it doesn't make sense in any realm to pay that much for him. When a guy like, I don't even want to talk about my guy, my goat, the greatest English midfielder of all time with an asterisk and the asterisk is in the future, Jude Bellingham. Like, he's the 150 million pound footballer, not Declan Rice. So, yeah, I do think Declan Rice is in that category. Um, do we need him at Old Trafford? Mm, no, not now. And mm. I think we could find ourselves in a situation where we get what we need from outside the borders which will cost less money and probably be more effective. Nah, that's that's a fair assessment. I also think, you know, you don't need him because you have Scott McTominay and that is a future captain of Man United. I want to throw another name, a quick other name. Uh, another guy who I think falls into this category of being crowned a bit too soon. From our home, from South Africa, from our native land, Tulani Serero, man. Like, what happened, bro? Hey, because sh- Oates, This is heartbreaking. That, this is sore <laughs> because that man was crowned... As like I remember, I remember reading an article. I think it was from La Duma. I don't know where it was. Uh, that was saying it's uh, take a more but twice as nice. And I was like, yo, okay, those are daps. And he was then, a seventy-eight in FIFA, bro. Bro, <laughs> he was he was, Ajax, he was a guy. He was a guy. A, a, was a, guy. a very real man. Ajax won the Eredivisie what like three times. Like shout out to him. And it's just sore because for what he for what he was tweeted to be. Not to say he was crowned too soon from the perspective of not being good enough, but I don't know. It's like I never saw it for Bafana. I never saw it. Whenever I watched him, I was ne- I didn't I didn't get the satisfaction I expected to feel. Uh, Tabani, do you have a, a viewpoint on Tulani Serrero, his career, and just like the expectations you had on him? Um. So I don't want to derail us, 
but I have very strong feelings about the state of South African footballer, South African football, the quality of footballers that we're producing, and just the our fall off as a nation. And if we're looking for a poster child, then I'm happy for the Tulani Serero because in in that same spell where he was like at Ajax playing European football, we had the likes of like May Maklangu, um, a few others Yo. playing. But the idea that there was always a South African that you could find playing very close to you, so close to the top. You know, when you're just so close, like obviously you're below or maybe two tiers below the top, but we were we were present. We had a guy and we had a guy up next and then Zungu went and then Donnie mm-hmm. went. And I think maybe I should write a book. I should be the guy <laughs> to write the book. Uh, and I'll, I'll, I'll present the facts uh, because I have a lot to say on this topic. And yeah, maybe it starts with Tulani Serrero and his downfall. And how nothing, no one's been able, like, there will never be another Steven Pino. He was our guy. Yeah, man. And Fuck. Shout out to like, Pino. Like, for him to be an established Premier League footballer, you think, like, when is the next South African going to be uh, in the Prem, like, balling up? Like, we're done, bro. So I, anyway, think to yeah. your, I think to your point about staying at a club, man, Pino did what he did because he chose Everton above all else, bro. It was a good situation. He was the guy. They loved him there. And obviously, he went to Tottenham for a season. But, you know, the fact that he had about four or five years uninterrupted just playing football. I think the guy, the next guy that could have done that was Percy Tao. But um, unfortunately, Bafana, I think it was because Bafana fell in the rankings that he struggled to get that that work yeah, visa. Not, yeah. Dude, fuck, Bafana's killing niggas. But, but no, that, that, there's, there's that, no such in the line. It's a, it's a sad one. It's a very sad one. No, it's a very... And that's an episode in of itself. Uh, Kanye, do you have any thoughts on that? Or can we take this to uh, our final topic? We can take it to the final topic, sir. Final topic for the, for, for the core... Um, for the core, for the episode, my apologies, is one of two things. And I'm going to leave it to you guys to decide. You know, uh, African players not re- representing African nations, which I guess would be a great sub uh, segue. Or do you want to go back to Tapani's point, just kind of addressing the margins in international football? Uh, Tapani, you can, you can decide. Um, oh. I'm, I'm happy either way. Look, I think, I think the two topics speak to another. I mean, speak to one another. Um, and I read a tweet yesterday about someone just saying, like, um, it's actually surprised me how subpar Inaki Williams has been at this World Cup, um, obviously representing Ghana. And then someone quoted the tweet and be like, well, dude, he's 28 and never even got a single Spain call-up. So on the one hand, if I can speak to closing the gap first, I think I'm happy that the quality of player that's moving down to represent the national team is what is like, is taking place. We're seeing more of it. The concern is that like, your Lampties, your Inaki Williams, like, are they going to turn up for AFCON qualifiers? Are they going to have that same intensity and desire to perform at a national level, like, when they know the next World Cup is four years away? Are they going to start pulling out of call-ups and all the shenanigans that goes on and fall into the politics about call-ups? And, you know, we hear stories about um, Gabon getting stuck at the airport. And, you know, our football is still eons behind elite. And when you're talking to elite players who are used to elite football, not just on the pitch, but everything that goes on on outside. That is the concern is that you might see that very quickly there's a turnaround because when it's not World Cup yeah, and there's actually no need to be the star guy for Ghana and there's no need to honor your call-ups and you know you're the best player, but 
you're not willing to deal with all the bullshit, you might find that people are, are less likely to do so. And then on the topic of just playing for your nation, sorry, no, I didn't finish my closing the gap point. So I think it's good because Ghana are more competitive when they've got a Lamptey and a Inaki Williams to turn to. African nations, I know Nigeria aren't there, but they are stronger when they get guys who are willing to put up their hand and play. And then that is what helps us close the gap. Because like I said in the beginning, you look at certain matchups, like, and you just look at the teams and you're like, well, actually, like, let's look at Senegal, for example. Senegal did really well without Sadio Mane. But any game Senegal played, if you look at the Senegal lineup and it has Sadio Mane in it, you're giving Senegal a chance. And I think these guys playing for their nations is, is giving them a chance to stand up to, let's call them the big boys. Like, we're, African teams are more competitive now. Um, so I think that's a very good part. But like I've said, my concern is, I don't know if we're in a pricing bubble. I don't know if this bubble is going to burst where eventually it's actually not worth it. And I say that with Wolf Zaha in mind, because he did jump ship to Cote d'Ivoire. And, you know, it seemed like a massive thing for them at the time, but he was subpar at the AFCON before the most recent one. He failed to honor call-ups. He was in and out of the side. And you're thinking, like, Cote d'Ivoire didn't maximize Wolf Zaha's potential. And how many other yeah. players could that potentially happen to? Is my, is, it's, it's what the thought in, my, in the back of my head. Because a lot of the stuff that we've seen this year was because it's a World Cup year. Like, let's be honest about it. Yeah. Lampy was never planning on jumping ship. Inaki Williams... I don't have a full list in front of me, but a lot of these guys are taking the opportunity um, for the World Cup primarily because it's a World Cup. And I just like why if if Tariq Lamptey is an established Premier League footballer, is he rocking up to play against uh, the Seychelles for an Afcon 2023 qualifier? Because if there's one thing about CAF and African football, they love Afcon qualifiers, right? There are millions of those things. Trust me on this. And I just don't see it happening like to that level. So we're at this could be a watershed moment, or it could be a pricing bubble. I hope it's a watershed moment because this could be the start of something great for football on our continent. I wanna I wanna kind of just piggyback off of that and just like I guess direct this more towards uh, representing African teams because I feel it's a great segue. Uh, Kanya, do you do you uh? Do you feel like it's a new thing? Because I, I agree with a lot of what Tabani said. But, I mean, when you have people like... For me, before I take it, give it to you, Kanye, and I'll give, you, give it to you in the form of a question. For me, I look at these guys and I, I, I just shake my head because I, I don't think it's a new thing. When you have players like Drogba, Aubameyang, you know, uh, Mares, or individuals who had the opportunity to represent, for, for, uh, represent France who could have done so, um, who would have gotten the call-up, especially in the case of someone like Drogba who you know, was top goal scorer for Mar Marseille in the Ligue 1. Um, you kind of then look at these lesser players and you, and it's like, who, who do you think you are? So, mm. Kanye, do you, do you feel that level of, I don't know, frustration with the arrogance that a lot of uh, the diaspora uh, of African players have? Or are you kind of of the mind, you know, and I feel it's a fair point Abani made where it's like, yes, it would be great to represent you, the, the, the country, but there is a lot I also lose as a footballer. So you guys have both places like balances out very nicely. Like when you look at players like Wolf Zaha, I might be, I might be overstepping. I don't know how you guys feel about Zaha. I think Zaha is as good as Grealish. I think Zaha, had he chosen to stay for England, he probably would have gotten there eventually. Like I, I think a lot of his, his dips came, came with the, 
the general instability of like his career after he left United. That's another player we could say was crowned too soon as well. That's Ferguson's last signing. Let's not forget. Yeah, it's great. But he, but, he, but, he, but, he, but he went there at 18. The fact that it didn't work out, it's like, bro, that, that's a lot to have expected from him. Right? Especially because essentially Yannis have chosen ahead of him. When you look at the two now, it's just like you, get, you guys backed the wrong one. Um, I think I think you have to appreciate that footballers are going to want to look at their career in the biggest possible scheme, right? Like you have to be super, super ambitious in the first place. And you, and you're thinking for yourself, who can I win a World Cup with? Like as much as you might feel indebted to your your true home nation, Bukayo Saka had to choose England, and it's and it's heartbreaking because imagine if Nigeria if he had if he had made the decision to play for Nigeria, mm. but He's played in the Euro semi-final as a result. No, not a semi-final, a final. He's played in the final for, for his country. So, with regards to, do I feel some of the players are too arrogant to, to, be, to be saying, I, I think, yes, definitely. I think that is the case with, with some of them. But I, but I sympathize. I really do. Mm. Um, but I, I think we are, like my, my view on this at least, is that we are, we are approaching a watershed moment. I think there are lots of positive signs in the way these players have had to kind of prove that they that they don't want to just play the World Cup. Like, I think, I'm not sure how, how, how bad it actually is, but I think Nketiah, for example, made the decision, but then said, but I think he's been required almost to, like, like actually be in Ghana. Like, you know, like, immerse yourself before mm-hmm. you, you make mm-hmm. the switch. And, like, you, like, the fact that so many happen in such a short period of time, I do think we're going to see a lot more of it where they say, there's other ways to do this. Mm-hmm. Now, like, you shouldn't be seeing... Like playing for African countries, like this big step down. And I, yeah, I completely agree. I completely agree with that because I think you know, again, it's fair to 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 emphasize the players' um, perspectives. I feel Tamani did really well, and I, Toby has also echoed similar sentiments. But I I just can't help but point out the fact that I, I just feel players have a very linear approach. Right, so like, kind of to your, to your, to, your, to your, it's kind of contradictory, or, or it's ironic because they say who who can I most win a World Cup with, instead of looking mm. at projects and seeing which team is more likely to be in that position to win a World Cup when you consider players, prospects, you know, mm. what's around you, the things in place. So I I feel like if people look at World Cup teams and it's kind of what Cameroon have done, where Eto said yo, uh, to to kind of address what Tabani pointed out happens with a lot of players. He said, none of this in and out shit. If you disagree with the, 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 the coaching, the program, if you're not willing to commit to this, if you're not willing to um, see where we're going, the direction we're going and humble yourself, get out. And we saw Anana got sent home. Um, so I, I don't know. I just feel like with African, I feel like, yo, we need to put like uh, NBA references in, in, in our description or something. Cause they're just gang, but to kind of, used again that is a, another analogy i feel like african players treat Af- representing african teams the way nba players treat representing the us it's kind of like a last minute thing if i really have to so if 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 in the summer we don't have a deep playoff run and i want a bit of stock or notoriety okay i'll play for team usa and we saw how the us their basketball at the olympics was getting smacked until they said nah we're going to commit to a four year plan i feel like if african teams did that it would alleviate a lot of the concerns surrounding i guess security for footballers and you kind of have now it's a question of do you back yourself against the european elite because yeah like it's fair but you know uh, kanya you tweeted a while ago 
how Kevin Prince Boateng uh, should have done more. Made the decision. Mm. Yeah, he should have done more. And I feel like part of why he didn't do more is because of his inability to stick to, to representing Ghana. He saw the World Cup as a quick lick. And once that was done, he was done. Whereas, I don't know, I feel like his career, something that a lot of African um, you know, descendants overlook is the fact that you are loved from beginning to end when you represent your African country. If you succeed with them, right? You look at someone like Mo Salah, Guys, if Mo Salah is ever sick of being slandered in Europe, guess where he can go? Where he's absolutely adored? Egypt. Yeah. Absolutely. Whenever <laughs> he wants to just experience love, he can just take catch a flight. Go to actually anywhere in the Middle East and North Africa. He will be loved and appreciated because of what he's done for that nation. Abu Bakr is another guy who has immense pull. And I just feel like the points you guys, that not, not you guys, but people make about, you know, the, the shortcomings of CAF, because undeniably they are there you kind of look at it from the perspective of, do you want to be a, a nobody in like a good team or do you want to be the person in a team? And I think that's something that I over, I don't know. It just, I guess personal bias is always going to formulate your, your outlook. But when I see something like Timothy, where, you know, um, I was in a debate with a few guys on the TL about how I believed this was the perfect, you know, context for him to commit himself to Liberia and evoke change, create something, cultivate something um, and a lot of people were saying, what's the Liberian FA? You know, have they even done this? Have they ever done that? And I was like, yo, okay, fair. But the same thing could be said about Ivory Coast before 2006, where they had their first World Cup appearance or Gabon before Obama Yang made the decision. You know, I feel like things as humans, we have this tendency to kind of look at things in hindsight and make it seem like it was a given. When in actual fact, people are trailblazing. A lot of this shit is being made up on the spot. There is no script. Mm. A lot of so this is happening like, for the first time now. Like the time to make those changes is now. Right. Is, is right now, bro. So I, I, with African players, I just feel like it's a very linear approach. And look, I, yeah, I don't know, man. We can kind of get into it. We can go on for hours and get into that a, a lot deeper. But uh, that's actually bringing us to the end of the episode. So I'd just like to open the floor for any closing remarks that you guys have, we can start with Tabani. Uh, you know, I love to end an episode just giving dabs where it's due. Um, and I'm going to, I'm actually, sorry, I'm going to segue a bit. I'm going to, I'm going to do some criti criticism because one thing we didn't reflect on is, is the bad side of the group stages. So if I can very quickly, first of all, and I work in reverse order, the hype that people put around that Ghana Uruguay game for both of those teams to go out Shame on all of you. Shame on all of you. You guys are clowns, man. I wasn't even, I didn't even follow that group very closely. And then I tune in and I see South Korea standing in a huddle. And I'm like, why are they standing in a huddle? Then I go to the other game and both of those teams are knocked out. Suarez is crying. Then I find out, are you missed a penalty? I think Ghana fans, Uruguay fans, South African fans who pretend to be Ghana fans, embarrassing all of you. Second, um, England, England. You guys are not that good, and you guys are going to expose yourself to the world very soon. Because I watched the USA play a few games, and they impressed me so much. And that nil-nil was a sign of all of Eng England's shortfalls. I think everything that England aren't good at showed up in that game. And it's kind of, they get away with it. They've got that thing where they can just, it's a draw for them. It's a point. They top the group. It's England. But that nil-nil against the USA, man, that showed me something. That showed me something. And then the third thing. I have to talk about it. Um, and we did touch on it at the very beginning. Germany, 
I, I'm genuinely like frightened at our future because I don't see where I'm. <laughs> I love it. I'm dead at our. <laughs> Please continue. <laughs> um, I just, I genuinely feel like this is the fall of a giant in not a not a catastrophic way, but a systemic way. They they love to they love to like systematically get their way out of things and build generations and like build units and this is the team that's going to win the World Cup in four years and we've started it now. There is no direction. There is a manager who wants to play club football at national level. There is no best XI. There is players who have played their first World Cups with players who played their first World Cup in 2010. Like, I'm, I'm fearful for the direction of this team and I do not see a way out. So instead of ending on a high note, I'm going to end on a sad note. My German com- comrades have let me down. Damn. <laughs> I, I, that, was, I can, that was wonderfully put. <laughs> I can book in. Uh, but now, Kanya, can you give us some closing remarks, bro? Uh, my closing remarks, a big shout out to MR10, Marcus Rashford. I am I've been you for years. That's another one who I'm, I'm beep, very happy to see. Beep, very happy to see him finding himself, playing fully fit, and just brought a smile to my face. And, and that's me, really. Oh, that's a very quick one. So shout out to MR10, Beans, 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 as Tabani just rightfully uh, quoted. Uh, I have three. Uh, first of all, uh, Tabani, what you said about England, USA, very, very true. That was the most cancerous football I've ever seen in my life. But in my opinion, it speaks to why I think England can actually bring it home. Because that game showed me the team's ability to just bore opposition. I mean, bore, like... Like, if they want to take this game to add a time and to pens, I back England to do it. And we, we, we knockout football doesn't have to be pretty. I think it was Portugal who did it at the Euros, or maybe I'm forgetting or misremembering, but you can lie. You can lie your way to a title. So I hear you from the perspective of, like, as a football purist, but from the perspective of, like, winning and speaking pragmatically, it, it may be coming home. Uh, the next thing I want to say is, on the topic of being crowned too early, I'd like to change my answer. Forget everything I said. Uh, I want to give that title to every Man United winger produced post-Ferguson because there is an ability at Old Trafford to dap those oaks too soon. And right now, I think, and I'm speaking without any research, I think MR10 is the only oak who actually developed and became something. Uh, the names on the list are, you know, Zaha, Yanuzai, Depay. It's quite hectic, actually. And now we've got Ganacho, who I like, of course, but I'm hey, already hey, seeing. Hey, hey, Listen, you, you, <laughs> I saw I've seen I, crazy things though. I've heard I've, some crazy things about Ganacho. Bro, can't I, early. my boy, early. <laughs> let's slow it down, lads. Bro, I saw that they said they said Argentina lost because Ganacho wasn't on, on the on the on the pitch, which is insane. Uh, which is no, insane. Man. Hey man, and I, I like Ganacho, but let's not do it, lads. We've seen what happens. Look at Sancho. Pray for Sancho. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. And the last two, I want to say their special shout-outs uh, to your cousin, Tabani. Uh, shout-out to uh, Musiala. That is a fucking footballer. That is, my, my um, goodness. My goodness gracious, guys. That's a fucking player. The way, the way you stand, Drew Tabani, I uh, can fight for Musiala that way. He has really moved me. And finally, shout-out to fucking... Uh, to, to, oh, fuck, what's his name? I've literally just gone blank. Country? Shout, out, shout out to Alexis McAllister. Sorry. Mm. Um, <laughs> first of all, I had no idea that he was Argentine. 
I don't think he shot. did for large parts of his life. <laughs> <laughs> no, honestly, honestly this is I, news I, I, to him. <laughs> no, Oaks, I don't know if you saw the photo of, of his dad with Maradona. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Like, like he's he's been Argentine. I thought it was like he was born there. Like, nah, like, I found he's taught me so much. So they're apparently ginger Argentinians. I did not know that. So uh, I'd like to shout him out for just his competence as a footballer. He has looked really good in his team. And also for educating me. I truly learned so much from him just being in this in, in this team. Uh, and yeah, that that that's me. That's me and some. Any any can last I, words? Can I hijack? Can I hijack the end of this episode? Uh, sure. Can we all just pick one player, right? It's knockout football, and we love a guy who just takes over the knockout stages. Just give me one name who's gonna dominate this knockout stage. I'm gonna say mine now: Usman Dembele. Kylian Mbappe. Lionel Messi. All right, gentlemen. That has been us. That's us wrapped up in uh, an episode that we will title, undeniably, It's Coming Home. Thank you so much for the listeners for listening. We will see you guys. Um, you, will, you will hear from us soon. Peace. Peace. Awesome.